God, that was the commitment of every heart that's here this morning. Be willing and glad to follow Jesus wherever he leads us. And sometimes he leads us through valleys, places of darkness, where he seems so distant from us, so unconcerned about our plight. And other times he leads us to the highest of the mountains where he seems like he's just touchable every place. But it's all the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And God has made us rest very assured that wherever we are, he's concerned about us. And I appreciate that this morning. For a little while this morning, we would like to make a brief exhortation from the 11th chapter of Hebrews. It's a chapter on faith. Faith seems to be the byword of the world today. Almost everybody is giving a different definition of faith, what it is, how it should exist in lives, and we have what seems to be running rampant all of the world is conceiving and believing. In other words, you just think of something and then you believe that it's going to be yours and just automatically it's that. And as some of my friends call it, you just grab it and blab it. And uh, I would like, it has over the years, given me a feeling of sickness in the pit of my stomach to see the spiritual graveyard that is filled with individuals that have been born with this idea. And have tried to survive in this world with this idea and to see, find their best to believe for things, and yet they're not happening. Seeing others able to fulfill it in a sense, but they themselves failing to get what they believe should come their way. I would like to come against that type of thinking this morning from the overall view of faith in the faith chapter. Of course, there's a lot of faith, there's saving faith, and sacrificing faith, and translating faith, preparing faith, obeying faith, and suffering faith, and confessing faith, and all in all, you can get involved in faith, positive faith, and negative faith, and all in all, you can go and you can get involved with the theological belief or definition of what faith is. But it's very simple as it starts out in the 11th chapter, first faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And by it, the elders obtained a good report. And then it spends the entire chapter on what faith has obtained in lives. Now, I spent some better part of eight years with a heart condition wrestling with faith. What is faith? Is it really what individuals proclaim it is? If I am not able to grasp hold of what they say is mine and give in my life the things that man thinks I ought to have, is my faith vain? Is it void? In all actuality, what is faith? I was stricken with a heart attack in 67, and for eight years I was prayed for by some of the best men. I believe that anybody believed, I tried to believe, because 
Jail wallowing in the same calamity, in the same condition that I was before. And I'd have him to tell me, get your act straightened up, get your life straightened up, and you'll be healed. And this type of preaching and teaching has more or less enslaved the country that we're living in. Your electronic churches and television programs are all in that order. All you've got to do to have a Cadillac is believe it's yours, and <laughs> then there it is the next day. And you try that, you know that doesn't happen. And those individuals have been born in this, that have reached out and trying to embrace this, and have become so discouraged that they have simply turned their back on God and said, there's something wrong with me, or there's something wrong with God. But in searching the faith, of course, they say the word substance means foundation or ground or title deed. But in all actuality, it comes from the Greek word hypothesis or meaning, which simply means a restful, peaceful assurance in God. So actually what you have to say here, faith is the restful, peaceful assurance of God. Uh, things that we hope for, the evidence of things not seen, but we rest in God. Yes. That if our life is orderly, if our life is what it ought to be, that whatever situation we're in, God is there with us. Yes. You see, God calls on His church. And He is not sadistic. He's just a God that tests and tries us. And God calls on His church to undergo things that I myself can't even attempt to explain. Only God knows. But when we really boil it down, faith is believing God, wherever you're living, whatever situation you're in, and holding past to Him, have been fully assured that He's still God, and in the end, everything is going to work out. Amen. It says here, the elders obtained a good report through faith. Starts off with, uh, having to believe that the worlds were strained by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen we're not made of things which do appear. In other words, it really takes some restful assurance of God in the midst of this day and age where uh, there's a big bang theory and then they've come up with a little bang theory and all types of theories on how the earth was created. And it takes some restful, peaceful assurance of you and I to believe that God took nothing and made what we see out of it just by speaking the word. It starts off with this. Because this is the foundation of basic belief. I mean, we have to believe that God created the world. Yes. He saw it was about boy and boy. Darkness is on the face of the deep. And he began to brood or move upon the face of the deep. And created everything that you see here except evil that's prevalent. But it takes something in the midst of it. I, I told my children when they were going to school, I feel sorry for them. Because in our school, when I was raised up, they just disregarded this thing. And the teacher said, we will not teach it because we believe that God created it. But you have young people in colleges especially and in high school having to set under the fact that there was some kind of explosion way back eons ago. And out of it came this world we're living in. And then man came from a little amoeba of some type and the evolution theory. And so it takes some restful, peaceful assurance of God to believe that God framed this world and made it like it is. Amen. And I'm glad that I can believe that he did. Amen. 
To me, it's easier for me to believe that there's a miracle came from God than to believe all of this stuff that they're trying to put out, which they say anyway is stealing. Hard for me to believe that educated individuals can move something into our school and in our school system and teach for a fact something that they themselves label as a theory. We want to teach something that's fact. Let's teach God. And the God of the universe. And the one that cares and the one that understands. But then it begins to give us some very important ideas on faith. Now in this, if we read on the surface, we're not going to catch what God is telling us. But if we take some time in this, and let me point out just a few incidents, and then you go home and read it. Just by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified of his gift, and by it he being dead, he had speaketh. Now what Abel did was the result of his faith. He was able, through his believing, to offer a sacrifice that was pleasing to God. He rest assured that God would accept his sacrifice. But I want you to notice in there, what did that faith bring evil? I want you to look at it very carefully and measure it against the faith ideas of today. The Bible says that because Abel was able to offer a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, Cain rose up and slew Abel. So what do you have here? You have faith bringing death to Abel. So you see everything. It's not like an army. Then he come right on down and says, By faith he was translated that he should not see death and was not bound because God translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased stop. Now you have two incidents. You have death to one individual by faith and life to another individual by faith and all out of the same thing. And you see, Abel rested assured that what he did was pleasing to God whether it brought death or life. And a lot of times we're mixed up. And a lot of times the devil points an accusing finger at us as individuals and those surrounding us when you can't seem to deliver somebody and they pass on the on the grave anyway, he points and says, where was your faith? Yes. Why did you ever stop to think that if faith brought death to Abel, faith has brought death to individuals from the time of creation? Amen. Just the same as faith has brought to life? Yes. So this is the same faith. It's not a different type of faith. And the same faith that worked to Abel had caused him to be killed. Worked to me that caused him to be transferred. I don't ask me to explain that. I can't. Other than it's restful, peaceful assurance that whatever God calls on us to do, it's going to be all right in the end. Right. And in some way, I would like for us to believe that. Now, we're going to skip over for the one of time and show you something else that it talks about uh, from the heroes of faith to the 32nd verse. Here is a story from ranks to riches and from victory to defeat. And they're talking about the heroes of faith. And listen to what they say about it. And what shall I say more? For the time will think we to tell of Gideon, of Iraq, of Samson, of Jephthah, of David, 
and Samuel and the prophets. Now listen to what they did. Through faith, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, quenched the balance of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, and the weakness was made strong, waxed violent in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Faith. Now anybody would like to grasp hold of what this faith has wrought. Look at it. Quenching the violence of fire. Subduing kingdoms. Wrought righteousness. Stop the mouth of lions. A Hebrew children of fire furnace could not be burned. Quench the violence of fire. Has gained the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they were made strong. Had won the battles. Had women even received their dead raised to life again through faith. Now everybody would like to grasp hold of a faith that would walk such things. But we're not done yet. Right in the middle of that same verse, it takes a definite turnaround. As it said, and others were tortured. Let's get a hold of that. Here we have people seeing miracles. How God delivered him. Precious of God everywhere. Miracles almost everywhere. Just, just look out and there they are. And then, by the same sort of faith, others were tortured. You see, faith can bring torture. Faith can bring ridicule. Faith can bring things that sometimes we don't look at, but it's faith just the same. Yes. Said they were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Now these women that received their dead raised to life again, received a raised to life mortal. Yes. But the better resurrection is to see them raised to life in the immortality of the spiritual body. This is a better resurrection. This is what the world cries for. This is what the earth is prevailing for. It's not the resurrection where man is resurrected to the same drudgery of sin and despair and sickness and heartache and discouragement only to die again, but a better resurrection where there is no tears, where there is no heartache, where there is no loneliness. They were tortured not receiving that because they wanted a better resurrection. Faith brought them death. And just before that, faith had restored life. So you see, faith is faith. And it takes from believing in God to recognize that a child of God can put their life in His hands and say, God, I'm yours. Whatever the circumstances, and we back and rest in his loving arms in spite of the things that betray us and confuse us, that's faith. To believe in God in whatever is happening in your life. The early church was filled with that. They found it faith to believe that Peter could be prayed out of prison. But they did not deny the fact that faith placed Peter in prison. His faith to proclaim put him in there. Faith is what caused the apostle Paul's head to roll from his shoulders. It's because he proclaimed his faith in Christ. Faith is what caused the martyrs in the dark ages to 
be slaughtered by inhumane treatment because they believed. It says here, others had a trial of cruel mockings, had scourges, bonds, and imprisonment. Now it staggers the imagination of man to believe that the Apostle Paul had faith sitting in the dungeon. Now if we were living back then and had this same theory of conceive and believe, all the Apostle Paul would have done was to believe he was out of there immediately he'd be out. But Paul said these words, I have learned that whatever state I am in, therewith to be content. He was fully assured that God was still God as much in the dungeon as he was when he was standing ministering the gospel in the synagogues. God was just as much God to the apostle Paul had he was suffering from thirst and, uh, and suffering from famine in the prisons had beaten with rods three times, I think he said, 39 times, uh, right, same one, just as much God to him. Paul believed him just as much then as he did when he shook the Bible off of his hand, having it done. Faith caused that, as well as faith placed him in the dungeon. They were stoned. Faith caused them to be stoned. So this under, they were tempted. They were slain with a sword. And they wanted in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, and whom the world was not worthy. Faith caused them to trudge the path of loneliness. Faith caused them to trudge the path of despair. Faith caused them to hold fast to God's unchanging hand in the midst of a stormful life. And most of the time, if we look at it, it ought to be good if we search our lives. When we go through a battle, something we don't understand, something that shattered us, let's stop and face God face to face. And say, God, have I missed the mark someplace? Am I walking contrary to you? And let him show you your life. And if you have not, then get a hold of his hand and say, oh, faith can bring life. Faith can bring death. There is an eternity where I'll live with him. Amen. This life, I wish I could say, because many times we enjoy it, this life is like a baby. Thomas David said that. Proverbs says that. And it's here and it's just for a moment. And then it's gone. All the worldly procession. Heaven love that enhances us. And everything is so gracious to us. It's fleeting for a moment. And then it's gone. And what a weary world this would be. What a sad thing it would be in our heart if we realized that this would be all. There is no more. And thanks be to God for Calvary that day, putting him out of the cross of sin and shame and sorrow, and put your sins of mine upon his same shoulders, and dismissed his spirit. And man was invited into the presence of God again, and the grave released their hope upon those that were in it, and salvation was made. What a day that will be, as the song says. Sometimes I can't hardly wait. That does not say I don't enjoy life as it is. With its drudgery, with its heartaches, with its failures, with its ups and downs. But faith is not what man says it is. Faith is what God says it is. Amen. Faith to hold his hand if it brings more kings and ridicule. Faith even if it brings death. 
of despair, it still has. And God is still God. And He'll still His child. He don't disown you because tragedy comes in your life. Because circumstances are different, maybe than you think they ought to be. Because you're not able to achieve worldly fame and earthly success. Because you don't buy a Cadillac and live in a ten-room mansion or something like that. There's nothing wrong with these things, but that's not faith. Faith is believing God in any circumstances that He takes you by the hand and leads you there. That's faith. And it says without it, it's impossible to please Him. It says Noah being warned of faith, has things he didn't see, was moved with fear, and causing to start preparing. You see, faith will make us get ready. Faith will make us take our eyes from the things of this world, from man's earthly programs, and make us realize that if we're going to have an eternal hold, it has to be sent brick by brick, day by day, up into the kingdom of God, and there will be ours. Faith caused Noah to prepare. When he looked around, there wasn't any reason for him to prepare. There was no rain, it had never rained. And here he was building an ark. Silly, foolish old man building an ark on dry ground. And what a huge monstrosity it was. We have some place where it held, I don't know how many railroad cars. And what, what, what a magnificent thing. Now this man was close to build, but he was building it and preparing it through faith. And because of that, he saved his house. How many of you believe that through faith that you'll hold fast? To God's unchanging hand, He can save your hands. Amen. I believe it with all my heart. I believe that if somebody stays in there, if somebody intercedes, if somebody prays, if somebody keeps the powers of hell from destroying them before their sin, you can save your house. And Noah prepared, believe me, prepared. And save this house. Abraham, living in luxury and peace and satisfaction, and they not uncovered some of the libraries in, in the town of Ur where Abraham came from, and some of the places where Abraham lived, and Abraham was a rich man. Yes. He wasn't a beggar, but he was a rich man with a solid family unit living in that town. And God comes and says, Abraham, you've got to get out of here. Right. Now that Abraham didn't moan and complain and say, but why we God? How come I'm up to when nobody else is? How come it's me? Abraham just got his family together, his belongings together, and took off. He didn't know where he was going, and he was fully assured that God knew what he was doing. I'd like to see that type of faith break every heart and mind and soul of every individual that's here to believe that whoever or whatever, God is here in charge. Faith. Hallelujah. You said they all died in faith. Not having received the promise. <laughs> you know, we're, we're <laughs> what are we anyway? Everything, this generation, everything God have now. What is the saying goes, Lord, give me patience in the morning right now. And that's typical of this generation. I gotta have it now. At least people embrace the promise. Through the bombs, through the imprisonment, up the mountains, down the valleys. Embracing what God said was there. And even when they went to their deathbed, it still wasn't theirs. And they died realizing how on the other 
Messina, but embraced them, having confessed that they were pilgrims and strangers on this earth, and acted on that fact. I look at it sometimes today and I wonder if we act on the fact that we're strangers and pilgrims in this world. Sometimes the way we program, and sometimes the way we go, we try to accumulate by our hand. But it is sometimes I wonder if we act upon the fact that we're just pilgrims and strangers here. That nothing we have here is eternal. Only what God has given us inside. Only salvation inside. His presence inside. This is eternal. Nothing else is eternal. It's feeding. It's firemoment. And then it's not. But there's one thing and one thing you can say. In spite of the things that come and go in this world, in spite of the powers of hell, in spite of what happens in our life, there's one thing that this world nor the powers of hell can take away from us if we don't want him to. And that's life and life eternal and a restful, peaceful assurance that God is in charge of our lives. I think if there ever was a time that the church needs to get a hold of its proper values and get a hold of its proper sin and quit letting the devil cheat us out of blessings and let and, and put us down every time we hit a stumbling block, every time something happens we don't understand, every time something doesn't just come just right in our life and things happen that brings tears to our eyes and loneliness, if we could just get a hold of God's hand and say, yes, that's true. Take from me this whole world. Have me Jesus one of these days satisfied, 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 sitting at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Faith is the restful, peaceful assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of these natural eyes cannot see, but faith is faith. Yes. Remember, faith brought death to evil, faith brought life to evil. Faith brought miracles to some lives and torture and disillusion and death to others. But it was the same faith. Yes. And these people dwelling in the dungeons, the Apostle Paul, writing his most fervent letters as he said in the darkness of a dungeon, sat there under the inspiration of God, instead of moaning his plight, complaining the grief of why he was there. How letting the devil say, Paul, you missed the mark someplace. Something's wrong with you. But you wouldn't be sitting in the dungeon. You'd be out ministering someplace. You had missed the mark. The apostle Paul said, calmly down, called for a scribe when he committed, and dictated the letters, and would send them out epistles to tell humanity how to live in the church, how to act. And then there's one occasion where he couldn't even have a scribe. And he sat down with his dim division and eyesight. And wrote the letter just the same. Zeal, desire, determination burning in his heart. And regardless of where he was and the agony he was suffering, he was still concerned about the sheep and pastor right. of Almighty God. Wouldn't it be nice today if pastors, as well as individuals, could quit their own particular serving and the places they're lying through disillusion and heartache, discouragement, and suffering, the loss. If we didn't know how to think, we would never be able to help somebody else. So programmed in your life, this morning is a reason for everything that happens to you as a child of God. Amen. Let's search for that reason. Let's thank 
Is there anyone here? 